Thanks for tuning into the Owl's Nest. Today, Jake and I break down the prevalence of Widowmaker and Tracer in the APAC region of the Overwatch League. So strap in. Professor Jake says class is in session. Welcome back to our regulars and hello to any new viewers. If this is your first time visiting the Owl's Nest, make sure to hit that subscribe button and like the video. Of course, as always, I'm joined by Jake Liner, as he's going today, Professor Jake, as he's going to help break down some of the meta that we've seen going on in the APAC region. Jake, how's it going? Good. I, I'm really actually excited to, to drill down on this sort of topic because this is really my wheelhouse in Overwatch. It's like precise strategies. Why do they work the way they do? Why do the players play the way they do? What makes one team better than another? I mean, this to me is like my, my bread and butter is really getting into the nitty gritty and something that I think a lot of Overwatch fans want is to understand what the pro players are doing, why they're doing it, and do it at home with their duo partner, with their you know pub team, whatever it may be. All right, well, I'm uh, definitely excited to see if I can take anything away from this and, you know, put it into my definitely mid-tier gold play. So uh, let's start then with, uh, uh, you know, you've noticed this past week that there's been a lot of Widowmaker and Tracer play going on, specifically over in the APAC region. So why do you think that is, and what are the biggest strengths of these two heroes? Um, I think the number one reason people are playing Widow and, and Tracer is that um, Arisa and Sigma are so strong right now. Uh, and that may seem like a weird reason to play Widow and Tracer, but the fundamental reasoning is this, is that um, Sigma and Arisa are incredibly effective at mitigating spam damage, at, at dealing with whatever you can throw at them, primarily, I think, because of Sigma's ability to um, have that kinetic grasp. And if you end up putting too much burst damage at one particular moment trying to work down the shields, which is very normal to do, breaking shields, that Sigma's just going to grasp and get like 800 HP and just become this monster hero that you can't deal with anymore that just walks around on the flank unstoppable and kills your whole team. So I think playing Widow and Tracer is largely an effort to bypass the strengths of those tanks uh, because Widow can do things like jump shotting, peeking the flanks, just generally getting those one-shot kills that probably are, are Sigma's greatest weakness in terms of responding to. He's great at eating spam, challenging flankers, but not so great at blocking every sightline for a Widow. I mean, pretty good at blocking sightlines for a Widow, but um, not too good at actually pushing the Widow out if she's at a long range, right? Sigma just has not really much he can do. Um, you know, and, and Tracer, I think, is, is another reflection of that, whereas Sigma can fight most flankers, like your Doomfists and your Genjis, because the accretion rock can just, you know, stun them. It doesn't really matter what they do. Um, just get halted and stunned. Tracer with the Blinks, it's not really true. It's sort of like the one flanker that can kind of evade Sigma, um, you know, can get on those back lines and, and really punish them. Um, so there's just two heroes that sort of work around the tanks particularly effectively. And then the other four players, like the Bab Zen and Sigma and, and Orisa, kind of just playing their own game. Uh, your Zen's probably orbing your Tracer. You're you know, trying to keep Widow healed, although it's not such an important hero to tank heals. and shouldn't be taking too much damage on Widow. But um, other than that, your DPS are a little bit on an island, this, this meta. And I feel that that's made the impact of DPS players really, really high this patch. Like, it feels like they're deciding games more often than usual because, obviously, the Widow duel is, you know, one of the only times in Overwatch where there really is, like, a, you know, 1v1 skill test. Um, and the Tracer duel is one of the only other times where you have two heroes genuinely fighting alone. Mm -hmm. Although Tracer, a little bit more often, does get helped, does get, you know, Harmony Orbs. Those make a lot of difference. But um, it seems to me that the, the, the key strengths of this meta are that, you know, you have Widow taking these aggressive sight lines, trying to put pressure on the enemy force Sigma to just shield only a Widow, and it's not very valuable for Sigma to do that. Uh, and then she can still take jump shots. She can still continue pushing wider angles. Uh, but genuinely, genuinely just try to distract the enemy team so that your combo, your tanks, have a stronger time. 
um, you know, winning in the frontline fight. They're less distracted. And at the same time, the tracer needs to control the flank because your widow is going to be aggressive, taking big peaks on wide sight lines. She's vulnerable to the enemy tracer. So both tracers have to do this dance of, do I just defend the flank? Is my widow going to win in default? Then I can play defensive. Is their widow in a very dangerous position that has to be responded to? Then I need to get probably aggressive on tracer and deal with their widow. Uh, but there's always that dance of the other tracer wants to do exactly the same thing, right? So if you leave the flank and you just go in for the enemy widow, then their tracer could do the same thing, or their tracer could get extra greedy and start hunting your backline down. Uh, and that's when you have a real problem. So there's this meta of deciding what you actually want to do on tracer. Do you want to just challenge the other tracer, take her out of the fight one-on-one and just accept that, think that your team's probably winning in this situation, they have better position and whatnot? Or do you get greedy? Do you try and kill those backliners? Uh, you know, whether it's with a pulse bomb or trying to one clip a Zen from a surprising angle, uh, those things can be completely game winning if you actually manage to pull them off, but are pretty difficult to do against a hero like Batiste, uh, who can just drone off your pulse bomb or heal people up. So um, definitely without Brig though, it's like those kills are possible. They're worth attempting now. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was like, don't even just stay on the flank. <laughs> that's all you can do. But now you, you do really have that option of pushing it aggressively, hunting down backliners. Um, and sort of taking the wind out of the sails of the Arisa Sigma Conth. They love having Discord. They absolutely need to have a Batiste to AoE heal them up. So you get one of those picks, and you're probably winning the team fight. Um, so which of the teams uh, have you seen that have been utilizing this the best, and why do you think that it's mostly the APAC uh, teams as opposed to the North American teams that are gelling with this uh, this meta? Well, I think um, the nature of having the teams practice regionally is going to lead to there being you know slightly different compositions. We've seen actually a lot of similar compositions. I think APAC has preferred this comp in more situations than, than NA teams, playing it a little bit more often. But I do think we've seen a ton of teams in NA play a similar comp. They might be a little bit quicker to go to the Ash as opposed to the Widow. Houston, but, for um, example, against uh, the Gladiators this past week with Linkser and Dante. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and even Dante, though, did, they did do the Widow Tracer on, on Hanamura. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is an option. And um, I think those comps are extremely similar in terms of what they look to do, except instead of Widow taking off angles and, and looking for insta-kills, Ash probably just helps the combo a little bit more. So it's a little bit more of a tank-focused team fight style, which I think can very much work. Like It can even beat the Widow style. If Widow doesn't find picks, then Ash is going to grind out your front line and, and just going to generate way more damage and value over time. Widow pretty much only does anything when she gets kills. So... There is a bit of that risk-reward factor to pick Widow. It's like you're, you're having a lot of confidence that your Widow is going to get pickoffs, um, which is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy when you both play Widow because then, of course, you're both on Widow, so it's it's you're both going to duel. So there, it's almost inevitable that the Widows are going to kill each other because you know that's their. It's always your first target on Widow is to try and take down the enemy Widow so that you have you know 10, 15 seconds of free shooting, which you know is obviously a game changer. You just stand still, huge huge deal to kill the enemy Widow. Uh, and have free reign on the map for quite a while. Um, usually that's going to win you a fight if you're in a good position. You didn't have to give up too much to get the enemy pick. Um, but I think APAC's just been preferring the Widow style, whereas NA has been a little more flexible. Although we've seen, even from APAC, we've seen people flex off the Widow and do the same thing. So I don't think it's actually so different across regions okay. right now, but APAC is clearly the favorite for this style. Are there any teams this past weekend that you uh, think have really exemplified this meta and really taken it to the next level? Yeah, I would say the first one I'm thinking of uh, is the the Guangzhou Charge. I, I feel that Happy and Eileen as a duo uh, just look fearsome on this combo. Um, you know, Happy, Nero, and Eileen is one of like my favorite DPS triplets mm-hmm. of the league in terms of flexibility and and you know being able to play whatever is put in front of them as far as heroes go. 
Um, I think Eileen's Tracer has looked better than ever in particular. Um, Happy insanely good as well on the Widowmaker, just having ridiculous performances, but I feel bad for Happy, but like it's honestly more expected at this point that he's going to have crazy performances. Um, the thing I would highlight from Happy, though, is that he even went further beyond the, this comp, right? He had a crazy, um, you know, crazy reverse sweep against uh, um, against the the Soul Dynasty, uh, you know, or rather crazy dream killer, I guess, or Soul Dynasty and shutting down the reverse sweep. But um, just having a great performance. That, that series was more about the Widow Tracer and why I think of them as sort of the, the premier duo as they were able to... Uh, pretty clearly, I think, be dominant. While Prophet was kind of beating out Eileen in the Tracer duel, Happy had a huge lead on Widow and was just much more consistent with finding the pickoffs. I think he really is. Him and Ons are my picks for, like, best Widows in the league, personally, <laughs> right now. Uh, Happy is truly a strange player to watch. He just does things that I don't think make sense, unless you're that good, I guess. The rules are just different when you're that good. You can just go a little bit more crazy, and Happy knows it. He pushes the limits. Um, and Eileen, I think... Mo- was like one of my most improved tracers just watching him like i knew he was good at tracer but i didn't i was surprised that he was going toe-to-toe with profit and architect and and looking decent having his moments there so um, do you well, try to combat this you know with your own widow tracer or you know how, how how should teams look to try and stop this when they go up against someone like the guangzhou charge who are so good at it well i mean i actually think if you look at the spark when when the spark played the match against charge they made this comp they made they looked more dominant on the widow tracer um at least for the opening maps and the way charge got the reverse sweep in that series was actually happy switching off the widow onto the hanzo and the ash throughout the series and getting yet more value and i think that those picks sort of flummoxed the spark and and that architect was pretty dominant in the tracer duel then i think our architect looked looked really strong i think he was getting more value than eileen consistently when they were playing that mirror match uh, and they were able to just play defensively enough on the Widowmaker from the Spark that Happy wasn't really dominating that duel uh, in that series. So uh, he, they weren't able to come out ahead in the DPS battle. That was really costing them. But when Happy switched over to the DPS heroes that offer more to the tank line, that offer more raw damage to pressure shields uh, and push the enemy tanks back, that's when I think Krong in particular on the Sigma really came into his own. And I, I've always known he's a really good Sigma player, but I think that was what made this switch by Happy to Hanzo and Ash so much more impactful. Like, yes, Happy had a good game on those two heroes, but he was going to have a good game regardless. This guy's incredible at Overwatch. So they put him on a hero where he can actually get his tanks more space by breaking enemy tank shields, forcing them back. And then when Krong is put in that position to succeed where he's getting help from his DPS line to dominate the tank duel, then I think he was able to become like that third carry force uh, in the match. Shu as well was really lighting it up on the Zen. So I think... That adjustment for the for the charge is why I think they're really a top team on this tracer plus core DPS style, like tracer plus sniper style is really how I think of it. Widow might be the most dominant pick, but Ash and Hanzo are are, are quite similar heroes in, in a sense. They just offer more tank line pressure, less um, less one shot potential. And um, I think for the charge that was actually a great adaptation. And the fact that you can take a comp and riff on it and iterate on it makes you, I think, the best of the best because. Being 100% locked in, I don't think is ever going to be quite as good as having the flexibility to make in-match adjustments, which um, that's why, for my money, the, the charge look like the best. But the other reason I think they're the best is that they beat the two teams that I also think are incredibly <laughs> good at this style, uh, which are the Soul Dynasty and the Hong uh-huh. Joe Spark. So 
rather than those wins making the other teams look bad, I think this just shows how strong all three are that both of these series went to map five. Well, final question here for you then is obviously, you know, the hero pools are done as we go into week three now and into the tournament uh, for the summer showdown. Hero pools are now out of the question. All heroes are on the plate. So my question is with uh, Brigitte and D.Va coming back into the game, do you think that the Widowmaker and Tracer meta is going to continue to go forward? Probably not. I think in particular, I don't think we're going to see Widowmaker as much anymore. Um, you know, it's still going to be good on certain maps where you're having those extreme sight lines and stuff. But um, I do think a major reason Widowmaker was good this patch uh, is because the is due to the lack of Brig, really. Um, because Brig is a hero who, once you see the Widowmaker, you just shield her, right? And even though the Widowmaker might kill other people... The fact that that's just like one target who's particularly hard to headshot down, and when Brig is like rallied stacked, you, you can't even kill her with a headshot. Um, it also makes headshotting anybody harder because one thing Widow, like high level Widow players do very consistently is they're they're gonna shoot like as soon as they have the charge for the 200, 200 damage on a, on a squishy. So when a hero like Brig can change kill thresholds in a way that's really unpredictable and hard to react to, especially a hero like Widow that doesn't deal poke damage generally, so doesn't um, know the enemy health bars. You don't know who has armor and who doesn't unless you actually see it go onto them. So something like headshotting a tracer at the perfect moment is way less reliable against a hero like Brig. You don't, that tracer might be armored and you might just die because he took that shot. Even if you hit the headshot, she takes 150 damage, she just does not care because she has an armor stack on. She just pushes in and sticks you or whatever. So um, I think it makes a hero like Widow who's really, really reliant on kill thresholds to just just a lot more difficult to play and get value out of on top of Brig herself being pretty difficult to headshot uh, with the shield potential. So uh, I think with the Bap Zen, it was like great to have a Widow because Drone is not so great against a hero that can one-shot you. Um, but Brig is, is, I actually think, a lot better against Widow. So that's why I think we're going to see a switch probably back to those core DPS that focused on tank line spam, like the Ash, like the Hanzo. Just stuff that less reliant on picks, more more utility in terms of grinding shields out, just putting out damage throughout the course of the team fight. All right. Well, thank you, Professor Jake, for your time today. We appreciate that. Make sure, guys, that you check out our other videos. Our last episode, we broke down some of the biggest blowouts of week two in the Summer Showdown. And keep your eyes out open every weekend as we look to bring you more videos than we have been in the past. Otherwise, make sure you're visiting CheckpointXP.com for a wealth of other content, video, and otherwise. And follow Jake over on social media. That's uh, JakeOW on Twitter and Jake underscore OW on Twitch and YouTube, guys. Otherwise, make sure to stay on that payload.